This is where it all begins. Ready? Gates crash back and racing. Welcome to RSN 927's Race Day Morning. For the first hour, it's the first word. Here's Warren Huntley. Good morning and welcome to the first word. Caulfield Guineas Day, one of the iconic race days on the Australian racing calendar. So looking forward to this day and we've got a busy few hours as we lead up to the Big day of racing at Caulfield and the spring ticket kicking off at 10 o'clock. So we'll keep you entertained and hope you find your winners between then. What a race the Guineas been. Turak, the Caulfield Stakes now, the might and power. What a great day's racing it is. Animo, Ole Kirk, Super Surf and the Autumn Sun, the recent winners of the Caulfield Guineas. But a race that's littered with champions throughout history. Lonro, Redoute's Choice, Weekend Hustler. Who we got you among the winners in recent times? And it goes back a, a lot further than that. A great day's racing it is. We'll get the latest on the track conditions at both Caulfield and at Randwick with Tim Bailey and Michael Wood shortly. And in this hour, we'll try and find you plenty of winners at the Caulfield Guineas meeting. At 8 o'clock, the Melbourne Form panel assemble. Dean Lester, David Gately and Jamie Rogers from the tab will work through the 10 race card at Caulfield. Hopefully find you plenty of winners. Then David Gately will delve deep into that meeting at Randwick. We'll get a best bet player of the day from Ed Kennett at Red Belly Sports. We'll look at the meetings at both Hamilton and Manangatang with Harry White. Dan Malecki will look at Melton tonight. He's got a busy day ahead. He's already started. And George Ferrugia as well before we get the boys from racing and sports in for the rundown at 9.30 leading into the spring ticket. What a great day afternoon that was last week. Michael Felgate, Matty Stewart and Dan Maliki will kick off the spring ticket at 10 o'clock. They have the likes of Dr Turf, Dean Lester, Stephen Arnold and Marie McEwen joining in through the afternoon. So we've got it all covered here on RSN 927. Right now we need the latest on the track conditions at Caulfield. Let's head out to Tim Bailey. Good morning, Tim. Good morning, Warren. Probably lucky we've been able to get through to you this morning. I'd assume you've been being uh, texted and rung uh, ad nauseum over the last 24 hours or so. Well, it actually hasn't been as bad as I thought, Warren. I, I thought it'd be uh, driving me mad, but no, it's been, been pretty good. I think nowadays, you know, with uh, social media and that, the message get, gets out pretty quick. So, uh, yeah, I was actually pleasantly surprised. I thought it'd be a, uh, I'd be getting annoyed constantly last night, but it didn't happen. Middle of yesterday, there was some heavy rain throughout the suburbs of, of Melbourne. How did you fare? Yeah, we got, uh, we had 17 millimetres in that time, so it probably lasted about three hours, and it wasn't looking good. And I was, initially, I thought, well, we'll definitely be a heavy eight when that finishes and get back to a seven this morning. But once we walked it after the rain, we were really pleasantly, well, pleasantly surprised. Uh, so we called it a soft seven yesterday afternoon, and this morning we've, we've come up with a soft six and very happy with the way it's recovered. The management of tracks is something that's a thankless task, but uh, you probably backed in the Weather Bureau to some extent because you tell me how firm did the track get during the week prior to this rain arriving? Oh, so I suppose you go back to Monday and I had to put a little bit of irrigation on because we had about 30 key gallops here on Tuesday morning, so I was obviously mindful. And I mean, it would have been a disaster to uh, have a very firm track and jar, jar a heap of these key, key participants up. So, um, yeah, we, uh, we put on six millimetres on Monday and then we just left it. By Wednesday, uh, the track was quite firm. It was a genuine three on Wednesday. Uh, but, you know, being three days out, we we're in the lucky position that, you know, if, if the rain didn't arrive, we'd still, we'd still catch up with the irrigation. So then we got eight millimetres Wednesday evening. Uh, and then what did we get? 14 or 15 millimetres over Thursday evening and another 16 or 17 yesterday. So, uh, yeah, the, the weather guides, I suppose, they did the irrigation for us and probably a little bit too much than what we ideally would have hoped for. But, 
Uh, certainly made the lead in from our point of view fairly easy because, uh, you know, the, it is what it is when, when it's raining. Soft six is probably as good as we could have hoped for throughout the day yesterday. How are you thinking that rating might hold today? Look, uh, so we had, just had a couple of gallops. Dean Moore and James, um, then Chadwick actually. Um, Dean Moore said he, he felt it's probably just about a seven now with his six by race one, and Jay might set it to six now. So I think that's where it is. So I think I'd probably agree with that. So I think that means it's, you know, it's more of a, you know, it's more a genuine six than a six nearly to a five at the moment. So look, we may get to a five later in the day, but uh, if it is, I think it's late in the day. What's the forecast look like from any potential rainfall and a wind perspective? Yeah, that's it. The forecast only uh, zero to or zero to one millimetre of rain, and, the, and they're saying that one millimetre is out in the Dandenong. So we should get no rain. It's nice and clear skies at the moment. A twenty kilometre southwesterly, which you know shouldn't be strong enough to have any impact on the on the racing. Uh, you know, hopefully we'll dry a bit too. That that twenty kilometre wind, and uh, yeah, so it should should be a nice day and a great day to come along and for a great day's racing. Key parameters that, that give a, a quantitative measurement of how the track is at this stage, going stick, shear and the like, how do they sit? Yeah, going stick 8.2 and a shear of 11.4. So that's de- definitely just in that genuine soft range, those those measurements. And the soil moisture is 33.3%, which is quite high, but that's obviously, you know, with that, all that recent rain. So there's obviously beautiful moisture right through the profile. And just looking out here now, we've had a total of six horses gallop here who are racing on Wednesday and they galloped out in the middle of the track and they, they really they didn't break into the profile at all. They just sheared the, the bit of the grass off the top. And uh, So if that's an indication, I think it'll it'll hold together really well. And, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I don't think it certainly won't be a wet tracker's track today. What about a, a potential pattern as the day evolves? I'm very confident it'll, it'll race very evenly. Look, back, the only thing I would suggest, maybe by the end of the day, they might want to edge off the fence, big fields, 10 races. So that was the only thing I'd suggest. Um, Maybe at the end of the day, you know, they might be getting a couple off the fence. Busy week for you, Tim. We got the racing Wednesday that you referenced, and then Caulfield Cup Day next Saturday. How do you manage the rail with the week ahead? Yeah, we're going. We're going to hold it in the true on for Wednesday, and then going out to six metres for next Saturday. Probably the main reason that for that Warren. I know last year, the last couple of years, I think they've gone true, and then nine for the Wednesday and back into true. But there's rain forecast for Wednesday, uh, so. My, my feeling would be if we, we'll obviously have a bit of wear and tear from today and then if we place the rail out at nine on Wednesday and, and then we get rain during the day, which is forecast, and carved out that nine metre line, we'd, we'd, we'd find ourselves back in the Truon Cup day with maybe the inside three lanes out off and the, you know, potentially the nine metres and out off and you'd you have just six lanes of play into big fields, which would be a disaster. So we think the safest, safest method to go is that true, true in the six for Cup day. I think Michael Felgate prized a tip out of you yesterday. For those that, that didn't hear, who are you keen on today? Oh, I think the Blue Army are flying, so Gravina, and, the, and they might have been a very nice day, I think. Best of luck today, Tim. Looking forward to, to Caulfield Guineas Day, and, and fortunately the, the rain let the track recover to, to an extent where uh, I think we'll see most of the key runners get their chance today. Yeah, I agree. Thanks, Warren. Tim Bailey there with the latest on Caulfield. There's been record rainfall in New South Wales. Let's get the latest on the Randwick track condition with Michael Wood. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Warren. You must be getting so frustrated with the weather that's hanging around Sydney and New South Wales. How have you fared leading into today? Yeah, definitely been a frustrating, well, 2022 to be fair. But um, look, we've had a further 5.4 mils overnight. It's just kept us in that heavy 10 range, obviously. 
um, genuine heavy ten with that eighty one point two for the week, and I think we're we're about one hundred and twenty or one hundred and thirty for the last fortnight. So, um, yeah, very wet. But um, look, the sun shines out at the moment, which is you know good. The track will improve, and unfortunately, we do have some showers forecast later in the day. I'm just hoping that they come uh, as late as possible. What have you got from a, a potential time frame there in terms of getting through the meeting prior to that rain hitting? Well, they're just saying sort of mid-afternoon. That the bulk of it is after 6pm, but um, I guess it, it just depends on how quickly it sweeps through. It's coming from the, the west, so um, the all eyes will be on the radar. But look, the, the track itself is, you know, it's handled, considering the amount of rainfall, it's handled it well. Um, it's just... Uh, it's just about the, the rain on the day that's obviously uh, not our friend. You've got big day with Everest Day coming up next Saturday. What's the, the forecast look leading into that? Yeah, obviously had a quick sneak peek this morning. Um, at this stage, the, the week looks to be OK. They're, they're saying just a possible shower on Friday and the rest of the week is fine and Saturday looks to be fine. So I'd be quite happy if that, that stays that way and we'll see some improvement in the track for sure. How are you managing the, the rail movements at this busy time? Yeah, look, obviously we raced in uh, at the three-metre position for Epsom last week. Um, just with the wet forecast that we had there for this week, um, I pushed it right out to the eight metres. That way, you know, they'll they'll use the outside and we will go back into true uh, for Everest Day. So um, it's been over a month since we were back in the true and, and that's probably the best ground that we've got. Fingers crossed that uh, the weather holds today, Michael, and uh, and hopefully that it breaks sometimes during the week and we, we get to run the rest of the carnival, particularly Everest Day, under, under better conditions this time next week. Yeah, 100%. Thanks a lot, mate. We're on a heavy 10 at Randwick. There's no shock there. We're on a soft six at Caulfield, and it's a big day for the Lindsay Park operation. J.D. Hayes joins us. Good morning, J.D. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Big day for the team, a, a number of runners right throughout the card, well represented in the Group 1 races, which is important. Your day kicks off with a debutante in the debutante stakes, Princess Jew Hello, race one. What can you tell us about her? Yeah, she's a very professional little filly. She does everything right. She's jumped out well, and uh, these races are hard to win, but um, the fact that she does everything right and jumped out well, I think she'll hold a good account of herself. What can you tell us about her in, in terms of what she might be able to do, although you know, we don't know the racing pattern of any of these horses, but what do you expect from her from an inside draw? Well, I think uh, we'll leave it up to the jockey to be able to hopefully use his barrier and put herself there because she's got lovely speed and she's shown some nice gate speed in her jump out. So um, hopefully leading around into the corner, she gives a good kick and gives the owners a good yell and should be right there in the finish, hopefully. Race two, you've got ASAR and Biometric. How do you line them up? Really happy with ASAR. Um, he's in a really good zone at the moment. He just, in the Rupert Clark, got a heavy track, which was a bit unsuitable. And from the barrier here, Mick D knows him well. Um, I think he'll really run a good race. I think he's a little bit over the odds, but uh, the track coming up in the soft is a plus, And he does have to carry uh, the top weight, but I think he's doing that because he's got the best credentials and if he runs up to his looks, uh, he's a good each-way bet. What about Biometric? How do you line him up on the soft six? Yeah, he's a nice break between runs. He jumped out excellent. Um, he's in really good order, this horse, but I think this run uh, will probably bring him on for cup week. Race three, a uh, really intriguing race, the Thoroughbred Club Stakes for the three-year-old fillies. An impressive debut maiden winner in Sweden. First of all, how did she come through that? Uh, she's absolutely bounced out of that run. 
Um, couldn't be happy with her track work, and she has been thrown in the deep end here. There's some quality horses in that race, as you'd expect on call for Guineas Day, but um, from the wide alley, I think she's going to be able to have time to hopefully find a bum in the three-wide line, and um, we'll see how good she is. Is there anything you, you can do in private, a gallop with company, uh, pairing her up with a, a galloper that you, you get a bit of a benchmark on to see how she might line up here? Yeah, we gave her a nice galloping company uh, leading into this, but it was with a horse um, that was an easy boxing partner, more of a confidence gallop, so she had it covered. But she is a very good track worker at home, um, so we didn't want to put her against anything too good because we didn't. there's no prize money in the morning, so leaving it for race day. Sweet and taking on tougher company, but maybe with plenty of upside. Race three, race four, again, a couple of runners, Nicolini, Vito and Crosshaven. How do you line those two up over the 1,200? Uh, Nicolina Vito will sprint well fresh, um, but this is more of a race designed to bring him on for Cup Week as well. Um, just have him in a rhythm and look for him to a- absolutely attack the line. He's got nice residual fitness uh, being up running early in the season. And Crosshaven, he's been the beneficiary of having a little um, break up in Queensland, so he looks fantastic. He's trolled up well, and uh, we're going to need a little bit of luck from the barrier, but we've got a pilot on board that seems to be able to thread the needle. So he'll be up around there, and if he gets luck in running, I think he uh, can really sprint well fresh too. I might be being a bit harsh on Macram, who goes around in race five, but uh, from a form perspective, he's got a little bit of Jekyll and Hyde about him. You, you're not too sure which Macram might turn up. What, what did you make of his run in the JRA Cup at the Valley last start? Oh, I think the track pattern didn't suit. I'm more forgiving of his run at Mooney Valley. I think he had to make a long sustained. Oh, pardon me. He had to make a long sustained run, and it's really brought him on. Um, his track works nice and. We'll really know where we stand after today. But from the wide barrier, I actually prefer that than inside barrier because he's known to be better outside horses. And uh, he's going to take, yeah, take a good ride from Craig. But, um, yeah, it's going to be a good yardstick for us. What you've seen from him at home, how do you see the step up to 2,400 metres? His form overseas suggests that he, he'll just absolutely rush 2,400 metres and beyond. So um, I really think he will like the 2,400 metres, but I'll be... Uh, Better for the run as well as the horse. I'll know more after the race. First of the Group 1s for you in the Might and Power, Race 7, Mr Brightside. How did you assess his run in the Underwood at Sandown? Yeah, his run was um, it was the first time that he was against the best in the country and there was no hiding at weight for age. It was a truly run race and I think the race really brought him on. He had two pretty soft up runs where he was able to, especially his second up run in the Fiend, he was able to dictate and really kick hard and he, Probably did do a bit well on Ben and I in the three weeks into the Underwood. We only had two runs in the six weeks, whereas most of our competition had a few harder hit-outs and was a bit more in front of us in fitness. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how he runs today. My gut feel is, is that he'll really savage the line and have him right across plate. Mick Price has talked about the, this race being a potential fork in the road for, for I'm Thunderstruck in terms of where he might go. Is there a solid commitment to take Mr Brightside to the to the Cox Plate? Or if, say, for example, today the, the feedback from Craig Williams and yourself was that 2,000 metres might be a, a bit harsh, is there a potential to reassess the options for him? No, absolutely. If he doesn't run, run a strong 2,000, he's not going to be winning a Cox Plate. So if, he, if Craig Williams gives us that feedback, we'll definitely change tack too. Race 8, the Caulfield Guineas. Tijuana comes off the Stutt Stakes win. At this stage, Angry Skies hasn't secured a run. Let's talk about Tijuana and what you made of his win at the 1,600 metres last start. Uh, he raced in his usual pattern that he did uh, last preparation where he was able to be on pace and kick hard. Um, he's really trained on nicely from that race too. 
Um, can't fault him physically. He looks fantastic, and um, we're leaving uh, the plans to Mark. He knows the horse very well, and hopefully he's able to give the uh, owners a really good uh, thrill because if he's able to win this race, he's quite a valuable horse. What about Angry Skies if he did manage to sneak into the field in the next 10 minutes or so? Yeah, he's definitely one for punters to have a small bet each way because um, he's not there to make up the numbers. We think a lot of this horse, he's got a lot of talent. Uh, he's only in his first prep, lightly raced, so you're going to have to take my word for it. But his win at Swan Hill was quite dominant and he didn't really end up in the right part of the track and had to go back at Sandown last start. So if he gets a run, uh, we'll be pretty happy to have him in the race, um, but we're just waiting on the scratching. End of the day for you, the Turak Handicap Race 9, another Group 1 runner, Gentleman Roy, coming through that last start win. How is he going into the race with 53 kilos today? Really love his opportunity, Group 1 level at handicap conditions. Uh, he gets in lovely at the weights. Just love his racing pattern, and he loves a, a hard run race too. So um, he's going to really, really give the shake the life out of this race, I do feel. But there's a couple of good ones in there, so... Um, they're going to be having to follow him into the straight and whether they can get past him is another thing because he's a hard horse to get past. Who do you think's the pick of the team? Uh, I really do like Gentleman Roy. Um, I am a little bit biased because he's just been such a lovely horse to place through the grades. Ben and I in the team and he does look fantastic and he's a, he's a horse you'd ride into war. He's very tough. Last time I was talking to Ben, I was reminded by a, an SMS from a listener that I was remiss not to ask you about the progression of Kamora heading towards the Melbourne Cup. How is he going overseas? Yeah, he did his final piece of work um, this morning in preparation of heading onto the flight. He's put on good weight in quarantine before the flight, which is what we want, and he's absolutely bouncing. So we think we've got him in a really good spot, and they, they usually do run a very good race straight off the plane, and I think he's a genuine top five chance in the Melbourne Cup. Best of luck for a big day at Caulfield, JD. Thank you very much. JD Hayes there with a huge hand right throughout the day and in the three group ones. Mike Moroney's got a big hand at Caulfield also and he joins us this morning. Good morning, Mike. Yeah, morning. Morning, Warren. How's the morning at Flemington? Uh, yeah, lovely morning. Um, certainly it's uh, starting to feel a bit more like spring, a little bit of water lying around, but um, other than that, it's, it's very uh, spring applied, really. Throughout the day, you kick off in race two with not an option, a, a horse who's certainly produced some terrific performances since joining your stable. How do you line up not an option today? Yeah, just a pity he's drawn off the track a little bit. Um, but he's going really well. I can't fault the way he's going. Just his luck and running. I think we're stepping up towards the right trip. Wouldn't surprise me if a mile could even be uh, a little bit better for him down the, down the track. But uh, I've been a bit surprised he hasn't. Uh, sort of finished a little bit closer in his, his races um, because he certainly worked up well enough. Uh, but just the barrier draws and like I'm running quite haven't, haven't gone his way. Race five, the Herbert Power, you've got the good fight and Emissary. Uh, good fight was probably poking his head out of the box yesterday, looking at the rain falling and, and licking his lips. How do you line the good fight and Emissary up today? Yeah, look, we've tossed around about the good fight. We've left them in. Um, because it's, it looks like it's going to stay genuine soft, and that, that's probably what he wants, at least. Um, we're tossed around about going up to Sydney for the St. Ledger next week, but their forecast is for a dry and Adelaide bit next week. So um, we've decided to stay in, and um, he's fitting well. Um, but he needs a lot going his way to, you know, to be competitive against the slot, I would think. Um, but he said he's got the conditions to suit. Emissary stepping up to the, the 2,400 metres with the recent racing under his belt. What are your thoughts on his chances? Yeah, look, uh, look if the track does dry out, the dry it gets a better, it becomes for him. 
he just um, couldn't get his legs out of it last start. Um, he's certainly a really nice young stayer, and if we can get the right sort of conditions, we're hoping to win, so we can win our way into the Corker uh, Cup with him. Uh, we sort of looked our better one, uh, best one, uh, to sort of run him in both cups. Um, especially when the mayor, uh, there not me, was a bit disappointing last night, but she say that she's thrown in the old bad one before and then, then come back again, but um, yeah, I would have thought he's one of our better cup chances and hopefully he can win that today and, and win his way into the Cooker Cup. Any chance for an analysis and feedback from Jamie Carr last night regarding Nerve Not Verve? She just said she never gave a, a winning feel at any stage. Um, I'm hoping it was just at the ground because uh, I'm, Ollie wrote her one other time on wet ground and reckon she wasn't that good in it. And, uh, there's that many different types of wet ground that you can forgive them when the track gets like that, so... Um, it's only to put it down because we were really happy with the going of the race, and I really thought that um, the way she worked and, and the way she sort of comes up normally that, that was sort of really her race last night. So disappointing. Race eight's the Caulfield Guineas, and Elkington Road's coming through a, a rather low-profile path, but he's building a, a really good record from a good draw with Jamie Mott aboard. How do you line Elkington Road up today? Yeah, look, it's hard because he, I wouldn't say he's come from a strong form liner. Um, but, you know, he, he's won with a bit in hand. He still doesn't really... He, don't, he looks a bit unfinished, but sort of uh, product. But he, he's got real ability. And it's not... A, I wouldn't say it's a, um, a vintage year on paper at the moment um, of the ones that are lining up in it. So it's a good year to have one. Um, and, 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 look, he's, he's drawn well. I can't fault the way he's going. Um, is he... Um, is he tough enough to sort of tough out a mile around Caulfield? That, that's the question. But um, he's certainly got some nice abilities, a nice horse. You got a couple heading around the Turak handicap, Buffalo River and Banker's Choice, both going around in Rupert Lee's colours. How, how do you assess them, lining them up together? Look, Banker's Choice, if we can put his best foot forward, he's a very good horse. Um, if we draw on the outside again, he just keeps drawing off the track. Um, I, I know he can use a, a barrier to a degree if he draws one. So a bit disappointing. It's going to make it very, very difficult. Um, well, I wouldn't surprise you if Buffalo River takes a sit today because I, I think that just watching him of late, he, he got back to what he was doing in, in, um, in Queensland. And the deeper he's got into each prep, the, the, the less speed he's shown early. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if um, there's two, a couple of them are too quick for him early. And if that's the case, we'll take a sit. Um, I know, you know after they've got a furlong, it's a bit difficult on him because he can't get over going up because he's got a furlong. But I can see them crossing him, and he just might end up having to take a sit um, on him. So he's um, knocking on the door. He's not far away. Um, you know, it's, these milers and that seem pretty even, and, um, and the handicap that we're, we're well in. But um, yeah, yeah, interesting. Um, they're both going to have to be at their best and get luck and running. I think it's going to be that. I think whoever gets the best run in that race will be winning because it's got a lot, a lot between a few of them. Who do you think might be your best chance today? I would think uh, Emissary, I would think. Best of luck, Mike. Okay, thank you. Mike Moroney there with a hand heading to Caulfield. All the eggs are in the Barclay Square basket for Dan O'Sullivan heading to Caulfield today. And not a bad basket to have them in. Good morning, Dan. Morning, Warren. How are you going? Very well, thank you. Uh, the day's arrived. You've been thinking about this day for a while. How are you feeling? Yeah, it's been a bit of a build-up to it, hasn't it? It's been a, when you take a little, little while in between runs, um, there's a lot of thinking done and everything's gone as planned. So hopefully um, hopefully I've got it right and we get the right run in the race and give ourselves every chance. Barrier draw earlier in the week. How did you feel when that came out? 
Yeah, good. No, really good. If you had to give me a choice, I probably would have taken that. Um, you know, yeah, you still got want that little bit of luck early on. It ran um, all these, but just if you're drawing one or drawing the outside, you've really got to make pretty firm plans on which way you're going. So at least you and Craig, Craig will have all the speed maps sorted out, and he should be there and whatever. And, and he knows the horse pretty well to him, and he's adaptable. He can he can have a squeeze out of the barriers and come back under all that sort of stuff. So and you know he'll be strong weight. Coincidentally, the tracks always come up in the soft range when he's been to the races. So probably the, the rating today, soft six and, and well into that range, potential for maybe an upgrade to a soft five. That condition should be to his liking. Yeah, we've well, certainly been 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 through them conditions and he's handled it well. I can't wait to see him on top of the ground, but just um, yeah, things are out of your control, so you've got to go with it. And, and um, you know, and I'm sure he'll be quite comfortable on that sort of ground. You've been effectively, you know, holding him back and, and pacing his preparation and, and resisting the temptation to getting to 1,600 metres prior to today. How confident are you that, that he'll run the trip out? Yeah, not a, not a, not a problem in the world. He'll be, he'll be very strong. Um, yeah, he'll, get, he'll get further than 1,600 in time. You know, this is going to be a high-pressure race, and I think that's going to be an asset for him because he, he will be strong. And he can horse- maintain a, a good gallop for a long time. A horse, no doubt, you've effectively lived and breathed with for uh, for the last you know six months or so. On race day, uh, how is he compared to how, how you've had him going into his other races? Yeah, couldn't have him going any better. Um, he certainly knows what he's about now. He's you know when he first went to the race, he walked around like a cart horse. You know, didn't know what he was there for. And even the mountain yard last time, he was much more up and about. And hence the reason I've gone to the Inmarks pre-race today because it's going to be a big crowd and probably a bit more atmosphere. And I don't want him um, going to burn his carriage in the mountain yard, but. He's a pretty relaxed coach that way and should be should be fine. Looking forward to seeing him at the races and seeing you there too, Dan. Big day for the family and the team. I believe it was your, your wife Mel's birthday not that long ago, so it'll be a nice uh, little bit belated birthday present. Yeah, yeah. No, it, was, uh, probably a bit, it might be a better present than what I bought it, so um, uh, hopefully I can get the better result for it. <laughs> I'm sure you did your best, as you will today. Good luck. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. Dan O'Sullivan with Barclay Square heading to Caulfield in the Guineas. What a great story that would be. 7.30 on RSN 9-7. More to come after this. Graham Begg heading to Caulfield today. Before I get to Graham, thanks to Andrew Bensley for passing on a text from Peter Ty, the managing owner of Winks, and Winks has had a a Philly foal. Winks by Piero, champion mayor Winks, reading from the text from Peter Ty, has given birth to a baby Philly, born Friday the 7th of October. The Ty, Capitas and Trawick families are ecstatic to announce the future champion we've all been waiting for has arrived. Both mum and foal are healthy, doing very well, Thank you to the amazing team who have cared for Winx and her filly throughout this journey. We wish Winx all the best as she starts this new chapter as a superman. Cheers, Peter. So thanks, Peter Ty and the team involved with Winx for passing that on. Thanks to Andrew Bensley for putting that uh, in my little inbox. And, Graham, it's great to see the, the champions of the past going on. You've been involved with many great mares over the years, and it's great to see their, their progeny hit the ground and then hopefully ultimately hit the track. Yeah, certainly. Uh, a lot of work to get there, but uh, just hope they can get some results with it. Team's been ticking over very nicely recently. Can we ask how Luna Flair's come through the win in the Bart Cummings? Yeah, she's really good. Um, she spent the last four or five days down at Balnowring and just wading through the water and having an easy time. And she arrives back in the stable this morning and uh, we'll gear her up in the next sort of two weeks heading towards the Mini Valley Cup. You kick off in race two today with Cardinal Jem, who's been a terrifically consistent horse. How do you line him up at this level in the weekend hustler today? 
Yeah, we've certainly stepped his mark up um, to go to this level. But, you know, we feel that um, the horse has shown us all the way through that he certainly he's going to reach this level. Uh, he's just going to need a bit of luck, awkward draw, um, you know, but there looks to be good, genuine speed in the race. Um, a couple of horses which can be a little bit urgent. Um, so, look, it should suit him. If they can run on and, and, and loop the field, it'll be... You know, very well uh, advantageous to him, uh, but he's going very well, the horse. Uh, but he's always, as I said, he's always shown us that we think he will be up to this level. Um, and, uh, you know, we're just dipping our toe in the water today. Race three, say, Magic. She was very tough winning on debut, but you threw in her the deep end, I suppose, to some extent. She measured up very well at Flemington last start. How'd she come through yeah. that? Yeah, it didn't surprise us um, because she's shown us good ability at home. Um, so yeah, we did. We tried her at stakes level. Um, she ran second last start. Um, she's trained on beautifully. She's had a tick over uh, jump out in between at Cranbourne. Um, it's going to be a month between runs, so we just you know decided to give her a, just a little tick over jump out because she's such a great doer. Um, but you know we feel that um, from the gate, um, you know she's going to get a good run in the race and she'll be very strong. Like when she ran the other day, she did face the breeze, she drew one of the outside gates and never got any cover whatsoever and the winner peeled off her back and had last crack at it but we felt that she was very strong for the line and also stepping up to the 1200 we think she'll be very very well suited Non-conformist on a part to the, the Caulfield Cup having a hit out in the Might and Power Race 7 today how's he progressing to your eye? Yeah we're very happy with him, it's to our eye he looks very good so you know we're happy for him to go around today and uh, and I would like to see him start to put his hand up a bit and uh, be running home strong at the finish, uh, up to 2,000 metres. He's got good form at Caulfield, so hopefully that uh, you know he'll uh, put his hand up and tell us he wants to be there next week. You've got a good handle on him, having sort of managed him throughout his career. How do you see that he, he's going at this stage of his career compared to, say, leading into to feature races in previous preparations? Well, I guess the thing is, from his point of view, he like last year, for instance, he ran in the naturalist, so he's been running in handicaps, and then he only had the one test at weight for age the week before, so um, it was a much more solidly run race. This time round, he's been solely kept to weight for age racing. Uh, he's got in you know, a couple of races which have been very, very much leader uh, advantageous, be right up on speed, and they've run sort of pretty ordinary sectionals, you know, mid-race for him. Um, so there's been no pressure whatsoever. So hopefully today, um, you know, there'll be some fireworks a bit earlier and uh, he'll be able to get himself into the race. Race 10, you've got Vespertine going around first up. She's also been a, a terrifically consistent mare for Connections. How's she coming to hand? We're very, very happy with her, Warren, but I must say that she's certainly got a bit of improvement in her. Uh, Cope hasn't quite come yet. Uh, you can see it's there. Uh, once she has a run, we reckon she'll improve out of sight. But look, she's going really, really well. Um, it's probably at the top of the sort of liking um, the ground. Um, we'll, she's much better on, on uh, firmer ground. So, um, But we're happy to take a place today. If the track improves to a five, um, that'll be good. We'll be very pleased about that. But uh, look, I wouldn't be surprised that she could certainly sneak in the money. Who do you think's your best winning hope today? I'd say Cardinal Gem. Race two, number 12, Cardinal Gem, and certainly I'll be keeping race three, number 12, Say Majik, on side. Graham, good luck today. Thanks. Thanks, Warren.
Graham Begg with a good hand at uh, Caulfield today and Luna Flair on a path to the Melbourne Cup. Graham's first Melbourne Cup runner coming up. Big day for the Mar and Eustace team, as you would expect. And Dave Eustace has been kind enough to make some time for us this morning. Good morning, Dave. Good morning, Warren. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Where did we find you this morning? I'm a Ballarat. How's the morning there? Yeah, it's lovely, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, it's actually a very nice morning here, so hopefully we get a fine day and good racing. Let's talk about the team heading to Caulfield. You kick off in race two with Black Sail, T.O. Nugent aboard. Your, your thoughts on Black Sail and the weekend hustler? Yeah, he looks to have come back pretty well, Warren. He'll, he'll certainly need the run um, here, and uh, it's just a nice stepping stone to a second out run at uh, Mornington in the Peninsula Cup, which, is, which has been the plan for a little while. Race four, Amish boy goes around. Now he's second up and perhaps didn't have everything to, to suit first up. How did he come through that run? Yeah, he's come through it really well. Um, gut feel, he's probably still, you know, a run away. Um, but, uh, you know, he, he would have an each way chance. But the, the plan for a long time has been third up down the straight at Flemington over the carnival. But um, he'd have an each way chance. 2,400 metres of the Herbert Power Stakes. You've got both Grand Promenade and Persan going around. How do you line them up? Both in good form. Uh, both, you know, good runs the other day. Persan probably was the, was the more eye-catching one, but Grand Promenade's trained on nicely as well. So, um, yeah, we, we, we think Persan's, you know, really getting back to somewhere close, close to his best. So if he is, um, he should really give him a shake today. Caulfield Guineas, you've got a few going around in race eight. Sir Bailey from, from Barrier Four, the fortune teller, and Lethal Thoughts. So some, some chances, albeit at recent odds, in the Caulfield Guineas. How do you assess them? Um, Sir Bailey is definitely our best. He's drawn well. Um, his work in the week was very good. And um, obviously he's got to step up. But um, he'd have a you know, strong each-way chance. And the other two horses will need everything to go their way. How about Chassis and Decent Rain going around in, in the Northwood Plume, which looks a, a competitive race. And, and Chassis, in her time with your stable, has produced some, some encouraging performances. How do you assess them today? Yeah, she has. Um, she goes quite well fresh. And um, her record at Caulfield is pretty good as well. So um, she could give them, yeah, give them a sighting fresh. And, and Decent Rain is in very good form. Very, very good for My first up run was great. Um, got beat by a good horse. Um, they trained on nicely, so thought she had strong each way claims. Who do you think might be your, your best at Caulfield? Uh, I think, yeah, on, a, on obviously a very tough card, we've got some chances. Um, Person, I, I would suggest, is our best, but could be a tough day. And you've got runners around the country as normal Randwick, Eagle Farm, Manangatang, Hamilton. Is there anything we should be keeping an eye on? Uh, well, we haven't saluted at Manangatang before, so we'll go. We'll go with that one. Beatbox was a, was a good run the other day, and um, got a little bit of a sticky gate, but uh, is in good form, so we'll side with him. Race eight, number two at Manangatang. Beatbox. Good luck around the country today, Dave. Thanks, Warren. All the best. Kelvin McAvoy is heading to the races today. Dad Tony, and he joins us this morning. Good morning, Kelvin. Yeah. Good morning, Warren. How are you? Very well, thank you. Uh, Dave Eustace is telling me that it's a lovely morning at Ballarat this morning. Is that where we find you? Yeah, it is. No, it is a lovely morning. Um, it was a terrible morning yesterday morning, and it was a nice afternoon, and luckily it's still quite good at the moment. 
winning partners come out of the uh, the Turak following his luckless run last start. How did he come through that? He came through it really well, Warren. Yeah, we thought we'd sort of uh, have a throw at the stumps, albeit in a much stronger race. So he just left a couple of dippers of feet overnight, uh, which is very unusual for him. And um, his temperature was just on the sort of higher side. So we've decided to take precaution and pull him out. Your day kicks off with the debutante stakes race one, a race where no doubt we're going to learn a lot. What can you tell us about Adeem with Damien Oliver aboard? Yeah, he's been very professional at home all the way through. Um, you know, we, we trained the mother, Uhud, and she was a, a really good quality uh, filly and mare, uh, obviously a group one winner. And, and this fellow's sort of, uh, he's flown under the radar a little bit. He doesn't uh, dazzle too much at track work, but uh, he sort of does the job and, and been sound and well the whole way through. So, uh, jump out of Flemington was good. We decided to go with a set of shades for today and, and uh, obviously a tongue tie. So uh, he's there to run very well um, and he's had a look down the, uh, down the straight. We've come, we decided to come to the Caulfield race instead. Uh, just thought a bend would help him. Race three, you've got English Riviera in what looks a, a very competitive thoroughbred club stake. She's a, a horse with uh, a decent degree of tactical speed. How do you assess her today? Yeah, look, she was pretty luckless at Mooney Valley last start. We sort of, you know, her, her her asset is her speed and she never got a chance to use it and she just blundered the start and was back in amongst them and nothing really changed complexion in the race and, and she held on for third. So we were pleased with the effort, but um, I'm actually happy about Barrier uh, 11. I think it's a good gate. It gives Blake Shin sort of all the time in the world to make a decision. Um, she'll roll forward and whether that's leading or outside lead, I'm not sure. Uh, but she's a really good quality filly, and I think she's just she's very close to winning one of these races. Matty Lloyd takes the ride aboard Frankie Pino, a horse that's very close to, to her heart. He's first up over 1,200 metres, race four, the Village Stakes. How's he coming to hand? Yeah, really good, really good. I'm um, very pleased with him. Just had the one jump out. Uh, you know, he goes good fresh. He, he was a winner of the Wongoom uh, first up. Uh, last prep, obviously, on on much more testing ground, which which sort of brings him right into races. He loves wet ground, but it's insane that he's extremely versatile and everything. So he's going really well. I think he'll run a nice race. Um, will definitely be improved out of it, and when he gets out to a little bit further as well, but uh, he seems to have come back in really good order. Who do you think's your best today? Uh, English Riviera. Race three, number five, English Riviera with Blake Shin aboard. Good luck at Caulfield, Kelvin. Thank you. Court to eight, RSN 927. We'll get some more trainers between eight o'clock when the form panel will assemble. Dean Lester, David Gately and Jamie Rogers from the tab. Don't forget, we're kicking off the spring ticket at 10 o'clock today. Plenty to come with Michael Felgate, Matty Stewart, Dan Malecki on course. Then during the course of the afternoon, focusing on that meeting at Caulfield. Dr Turf, Dean Lester throughout the afternoon. Stephen Arnold and Marie McEwen in the mounting yard. It's court to eight. This is RSN 927's Race Day Morning and the first word with Warren Huntley. Adrian Bott, representing the partnership of Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott, joins us this morning and we've got alligator blood rolling along in the might and power stakes with Converge in the two-rack at Caulfield today. Good morning, Adrian. Yeah, good morning, Warren. How's alligator blood? I saw a note from the stewards during the week that there'd been some type of uh, skin irregularity type of thing, but uh, he hadn't missed any work according to the report that I saw. How is he? Yeah, no, he's, he's in excellent order. Um, yeah, done really well since the run. He, he had that bit of a skin irritation going going into the run in the underwood there, um, and, and he had it um, sort of through that run and, and sort of uh, just sort of through the early part of the week, and it sort of cleaned up nicely, uh, but... 
uh, hasn't affected him at all. Um, and obviously, so yeah, didn't didn't their last last run. So, but he's in he's, he's in great shape and um, really pleased with the way he's come on since that last start. How do you see the challenge of two thousand metres for him? I don't see the problem at all. Um, look, I thought he ran out uh, the eighteen hundred very strongly there last start. He was he was great through the line and um, you know sand down sort of nice testing track there, sort of nowhere nowhere to hide. So I, I thought that was a, a really good. Would have been a really good test for him going forward, and I, I thought he did an excellent job on that occasion. So, no, very, uh, very confident heading towards the 2000. I think the general read on the race is that he probably leads again, and most likely Zaki is there to, to potentially expose any chink in his armour by applying some pressure a, a fair way out. How do you read the race? Yeah, probably expecting that from from him, um, but certainly, um, you know, don't think that'll um, deter his his chances. You know, I thought. You know, the pressure was sort of applied pretty pretty early in, in the Underwood as well. Um, you know, we do have the advantage of, of the inside draw, and he's he's got some good tactical speed. So yeah, most certainly want to um, look to take advantage of that, um, roll forward, and um, you know we're we're not afraid of a of a strong tempo ourselves. You know, I think he'll um, you know I think he'll enjoy that. He's got a, a good high cruising speed and ability to quicken off it as well. Converge heads to the two-rack handicap following a run behind Animo Group 1 weight for age level last start. How, how did he come through that? He's come through his runs in, in good shape. Um, yeah, he's really open to, to good improvement here third up. He, he sort of just hasn't quite had the quite had the conditions to suit, I, I guess, sort of his last few runs and even sort of the back end of last preparation. He's sort of uh, mixed up his form or the form certainly tapered off on, on these heavy tracks. So uh, um, down here in search of Trying to get him back on some better ground, and um, yes, you know, sort of more more pleased with a, a six that's been put out today. He can be he can be effective in it, uh, but certainly feel he's much better on top of the ground. And Sydney's just been um, yeah, there's heavy tracks and there's Sydney, I guess, and it's uh, it's um, it's sort of pretty tough for him at the moment. So hopefully that's just the key. Um, a nice strong strongly run mile should suit. Um, he's got a sort of nice draw there to place himself to advantage and. Um, yeah, expecting to see some improvement on, on what we've seen in his form recently. With Converge running at Caulfield, your sole runner at Randwick is Burgunder in race six. We were talking to Michael Wood earlier on. Uh, how's the weather in Sydney? He's hoping that it, it's going to hold off and at least give you the opportunity to get through the meeting on a heavy 10. Yeah, I think that's sort of the, the, the key for the guys today. Um, I think they got a bit of rain over, overnight, but had, had a clear morning so far. And um, yeah, It'd be great just to see him be able to sort of uh, get through the through the day un, unscathed. Um, Burgunder, he should sort of relish those conditions. I, I feel his uh, his win last preparation was second up, stepping up to the fourteen hundred metres on on a was on a pretty heavy track out at Hawkesbury, and I thought he was thought he handled the conditions really well on that occasion. So um, yeah, more than happy to see him start here today. Second up, fourteen should be ideally just it was a bit tight that track for him. First up at Canterbury, and he had the big weight over a shorter trip. Uh, so uh, bigger track and with the conditions to suit I'm expecting a nice uh, nice sharp improvement from, from him No surprise to see the stable the four, the, the two year olds kicking off in Sydney, what what can you tell us about Platinum Jubilee who looked terrific winning the gym crack from down here Yeah she was she was excellent um, you know, things didn't sort of go to plan from her from, from the outset so just had to sort of ride her for a bit of luck she does have, she does have some early speed but um, yeah she certainly um, uncovered a, yeah, a nice turn of foot there, so that was 
yeah, brilliant, brilliant to see. They ran some good figures on the day, and I, I think um, you know, she'll certainly stand up for us going forward. So she's just gone out for a freshen up and probably looks to be a type of filly that will look to target to, to the Magic Million. And what can you tell us about who Yarm Mal and how he's progressing towards the Melbourne Cup? Yeah, been really really happy with him. Um, you know, he, he's obviously his um, last start in, in the St Ledger was uh, probably uh, slightly disappointing in, in comparison to a couple of his lead up runs, but um, certainly haven't lost any confidence off the back of that. He's come out of it in great shape, and uh, yeah, there was a, a few sort of conditions and, and factors on the day that probably led to a um, you know below par performance. But uh, I think it was the run that he needed to have. In, in preparation for the cup, he's he's gone into quarantine. He's he's in in great shape. Uh, gets on the plane, I think early early next week. So um, they'll be down here next next week and uh, we'll have a nice time into the race. But um, yeah, touch wood, everything's been going going well for him so far. Best of luck today and for the carnival ahead. No, really appreciate it. Thanks, Warren. Adrian Bott there. Michael Kent Jr. joins us this morning following taking out the Pika Pinker at Cranbourne last night. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Warren. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. A, a really strong, tough performance and a great proactive ride from Paddy Maloney last night in the Pinker Pinker. Yeah, very satisfying. She had good form through Smoke and Romans, obviously, and uh, third up much fitter. We allowed her to go forward, and as you said, it was a nice ride by Pat to control the race. And yeah, she's a, she's a tough mare. Once she um, finds her top gear, she can hold it for a long way. And she's actually a sneaky chance of making the Melbourne Cup field, so that'd be a nice win for the owners. Race three kicks off your day today. You've got both Wee Nessie and Hellhound. Your thoughts on how they line up together? Yeah, both going great. Um, Wee Nessie won as she liked last start in a weaker race. Um, she'll get a lovely ride from J-Mac Barrier 3. Uh, the only question there is if she runs at a strong 1,200, um, but we couldn't have it going much better. And Hellhound was good in that strong Captain Teeb's race last time. She was off the bridle early and worked home well late. So four weeks between runs, she's fitter and the 1,200-metre suits. I think it's a nice draw where she'll be sitting off them, and if they go a bit quick, she'll be working home well. I'm thunderstruck in the Group 1 might and power out to the 2,000 metres from an inside draw. How are you feeling about that challenge? Yeah, definitely a crossroads moment for us. Uh, We couldn't have the horse going much better. He looks terrific. Um, We think he'll end up uh, fourth offence. Um, so he should get every chance to show us he gets 2,000. And it's a, it's a not like definitely our main aim to go to the Cox plate. So if he ticks that box, we're going there. And if he doesn't, we can fresh him up for the mile. But horse is going super. Um, tracks a soft six, which is okay. And yeah, it's going to be one hell of a race. But we're very happy with our horse. You've got a real handle on him, and in particular, even in his previous preparations, you've talked about how he's progressing and there's improvement in him. He was touch more forward this preparation. How is he going into today in terms of how good you could have him? I don't think he could be going any better. Uh, He's raring to go. Um, He he was super last start in the Underwood when, you know, it was impossible to win from where he was given the lack of pace mid-race and... I just hope today they go a genuine clip. It's a problem with weight for age racing in smallish fields as they can stack them up and they're not genuine to contest. Um, but I think from the draw, uh, we shouldn't be far off them. He's got to turn a foot. Uh, the only thing of the day was that he, 
you know, Moonga passed him late, but we did have to do more work than that horse. So, yeah, we, we are we are not sure he gets the ten furlongs, but yeah, he, he could not be going any better. The horse, he's he's flying. Amenable takes on the challenge of the Caulfield Guineas. You've applied the blinkers, got that wider draw, Ollie aboard as he was last start. How do you think Amenable can uh, face that challenge with the blinkers on from that wide draw in the Guineas? Yeah, well, he's, he's a horse that's got good stamina, so I think you'll find he relishes the mile. Um, blinkers will be a positive. Uh, he's a very laid-back customer, so we won't we won't be seeing him overrace, especially ridden quiet. Um, we just need things to work out for us. If they can go along early and then um, they're bunching on the corner and he's within four or five lengths, uh, he'll have a little sneaky chance. If he's ten lengths off them from that draw, well, it's going to be all too difficult. The good horses have drawn very well and they'll have a soft run so uh, the horse is going great there's a nice sense of timing about him um, it was, you know all runs he's hit the line strongly so I, I think he'd go there and run really well um, it wouldn't be a surprise to see him run in the first four um, yeah I, I like the horse he's a beautiful colt and I think that the timing's right and uh, just need a bit of luck from that draw who do you think's your best today oh it's a tough day Warren um Look, I, I, I think um, a little each way on Minable at the price is okay. And, uh, yeah, may, maybe um, a yeah, tough one. <laughs> it's a big story in Adelaide. There you go. Uh, over in Adelaide, there's a nice uh, horse there. Big story. You know, race he can probably win. Race five, number two, big story in the Hillsmith Stakes. And with a couple of Derby aspirants heading to the paddock during the week, can he carry the, the hopes of the stable heading towards the Derby? Oh, we hope so. It's it's tough for those young horses, you know. So, um, out to and out, you know, they're they're coming up well, and then, um, you know, uh, it's a long way from them to go as young horses. They're only two two months ago. So, um, big stories in the same boat. It's an immature Kiwi type. Um, if he comes back and pulls up well and runs well, then we'll go to the, the Amy Vars and then into the Derby. But um, if they need a break, we'll give them the spell. But um, certainly in a race that lacks a bit of depth over there. Uh, he, he can go close today. Good luck on a Group 1 race day at Caulfield, Michael. Thank you, Warren. Michael Kent Jr. taking us through the runners. It's a couple of minutes to 8 o'clock. We'll check the, the scratchings with Sean Cosgrove shortly for the meeting at Caulfield. Then after the news at 8 o'clock, we'll be back with the panel. Dean Lester, David Gately and Jamie Rogers from the tab.